When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Alice Donovan's daughter has fought for over two years to find out what happened during her mother's time in the Mercy University Hospital between December 27th, 2020 and then her death from COVID-19 in the early hours of January 30th the following year. Alison McCarthy joins me to discuss the findings of the Ombudsman report into her mother's death. Uh, good afternoon to you, Alison. Hi, Patricia. How are you? I'm, I'm well. And firstly, just to say to you, you're extremely brave and I really you. appreciate you talking about this. Uh, but, but I also think it's important because there are so many other families who will have a similar yeah. story what happened to you and and your beautiful uh, mother and maybe don't have the strength or the wherewithal to do what you have done. So so well done, well done on highlighting it. Thank you so much. Thank you, it means a lot. Can can you firstly start by telling me about your mother? I saw her picture on the paper, this beautiful smile, what a glamorous uh, looking uh, lady. Before she got sick, what was life like for uh, Alice in, in her late 70s? What gave her joy? What were her hobbies? Um, well, you know what? Now she marries my dad very young. He was the only her only sweetheart, but he got sick himself there when he retired. So they kind of had plans, but he just kind of fell ill himself. So she minded my dad. Um, they were inseparable. But it's, like when he died, someone said one time, "You could have a life now." But I mean, she was lost. She actually, she was okay for a while, but you know, she just she just trotted along. But she didn't tell anybody how she was. You know what I mean? She was well enough. Um, she did suffer with um, COPD, but I mean, it never left her stop her. She loved her style. She loved her friends. She loved going to the over 60s. She loved an old sing song. Um, and she loved gardening. Yeah, she loved her hanging baskets. She loved it. She loved life yeah, and she loved family. Yeah, you know and mean? even though she was missing uh, her life partner, she was still getting on, oh, yeah. on with life. And of course, her family and, and her grandchildren. Yeah. So... She and obviously with COPD, COVID hit, and I imagine everyone being very careful about Mam yeah. and and making sure she'd be safe. So she became unwell the Christmas of twenty twenty. We're near, we're nearly a year now in into the mm-hmm. uh, pandemic. Yeah. Had she been cocooning and minding herself? Yeah. Oh, she didn't go anywhere. Like she was come to my house on a Friday and stay until Sunday, and she'd often sit in the conservatory and she'd be pondering, and I'd say. I, could, I know what she was thinking. I said, what are you thinking of? And she said, can I stay another few days? I said, when she'd come up, she'd put on weight because she'd be fed. You know what I mean? She'd be, the food is handed. And she was like, I'd have no humour now for that. But then she'd clear the plate, you know, so. <laughs> but she was so, really, um, but then she got sick. What 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 happened yeah. in that period around um, Christmas? 
she she actually um I suppose the first lockdown she was fine because she could sit out and she she had she was seeing people coming up and down with the second lockdown when that hit she kind of she kind of cocooned more and just kind of you know um was sick but I suppose she was sick but she, we were kind of keeping her out of hospital and I'd often ring the mercy and they'd say look she's fine if she ever has to come in there's only one case she'll be fine so I was kind of saying ma'am if anything happens you'll go in you'll be fine they might need to you know put you on a drip or give you antibiotics intravenously they work faster and you'll be home again because when she did go in she'd often ring me and say they're going to they, they should ring me to say um they're going to send me home this was before pandemic and she'd say i'm going to tell the mercy another few days like she loved the actual yeah, you know, know she loved the mercy mercy was her second home she loved it you know what i mean she was a but good she, she was in, a good patient she was a good patient she was yeah. um she went into hospital from my house on december the 27th um just after christmas like that her breathing kind of got bad and i was taking her temperature and blood pressure her heart rate she was actually kind of sick enough, I will say that. So I rang and she was taken away by ambulance on the 27th. But she wasn't left. Um, she had to go on the ambulance on her own, which was like traumatic because her face that morning leaving my home was just, she knew she had a fear in her face, you know, a fear in her eyes. So I travelled down in my own car, met her outside the mercy with my sister. And I said, "Mom, you'll be fine. You're coming home to me. You'll be fine. You know, so she was taken in and... That was the last time I saw her, really, until the 28th of January. So it was... And, of course, we're talking about restricted visits and and that period, unfortunately, where there was restricted Mm -hmm. visits. Now, she she didn't have COVID going into hospital. No, no. She had um, seven, six, I think, negative COVID tests. Um, They were done randomly. You know, I was never told a COVID test was being done. I just... It was my phone number, so I just get a text... um, from the HSE saying Alice COVID test has come back negative so we were like oh my god no one has told me she was being tested yeah um, but thank god they were all negative so we were fine um, and, and over that, over that month she, she did she have her did she have a mobile phone were you able to talk with her oh she did yeah yeah we, we were yeah but some days we'd ring and she'd actually be out of it like on one occasion I think it was on the 10th or the 12th of January I actually rang the nurse it was a Sunday and I said is my mom okay I think she's after getting a stroke um, she was kind of sedated a lot um, on one occasion she told me that everyone woke at the same time in the ward everyone woke at 5 o'clock on a Sunday evening and I'm like mom like you, you'll be fine she, and she'd say it's easy for you to say that you're not in here you know Tell me <sighs> about the 999 call that your mother made yeah. To the Gardaí. So she went in on the 27th of December. And as you can imagine, being away from us, she was never away from us. She was very anxious. So she was moved on the 27th of December to a ward. Um, it was actually a COVID ward, but she didn't have COVID. So she was put in a COVID ward with a negative COVID test. Um, so after two days, I think, in that ward, on the 30th of December, I rang that morning around half 10 and I spoke. I was ringing her mobile and I was ringing out. And I rang the ward and um, I said, can I speak to the nurse that's dealing with my mom at the moment? So whoever answered the phone got the nurse and she was lovely. She came on and she said, no, she's fine. She said, you know, she did she ever ring the guards? And I was like, never. And she said she rang the guards last night. But it was kind of said, like, not serious. It was kind of said she rang the guards last night, you know. Um, and then I was continuing on speaking and the phone was taken from the nurse. And it was an understudy. Um, no, I had the name, but I'm not going to give name on the radio because I had handwritten notes when my mom was in. So I kept files myself handwritten from day one. And 
nothing more was said about the 99 call. So I didn't make anything of it as such because my husband said, if anything happened to your mom, then, you know, if it's anything serious, the, the hospital will obviously have protocol to contact you and tell you, you know, what happened. So I I knew something wasn't right. Now, I didn't mention the call to my mom because she was a bit sedated some of the time. And then when she'd come out of it, she'd be okay. And I'm like, I won't mention it to her in case I upset her. So on the 30, this happened on the 30th at 5.56 in the morning. So on the 31st, I rang again. I kind of had my wits and I was like, something's not right. So I rang her and I said, mommy, okay. And she said, no, my leg is bleeding. And I was like, what, what happened? I said, look, stay on the mobile and I ring the ward from the house phone. So I was kind of saying, you're fine, you're fine. So I rang the ward and the ward head came on and I said, I'm just ringing about my mom. I said, her leg is cut. And the ward head, who I had kind of confined it in because she was my only kind of form of contact. So I kind of knew her like from my mom being in and she said, no, she just nipped it off the side of the bed. So I'm like, okay. I said, my mom is on morphine and like her leg has to be dressed properly. And she said, no, it's fine. It's, it's worse than what it is. So I rang my mom again and my mom's kind of anxious. And I said, look, I, I said, I rang the ward head again. I said, look, we need to get in for five minutes. I said, she's never away from us. My brother actually lives with her. So he's in her bubble. So is there any chance? So she said, look, they're around today, but I'll try and get them in. So I think it was around 10 past 11. The phone rang and she said she, he can go over. So he went over and to be fair, she was sitting up in the bed and she was in her nice pyjamas, all dressed. And she said, go home, get out. She said, you'll get COVID. <sighs> so he just kind of said, mom, yeah, can I have a look at your phone? And she was like, what are you looking at the phone for? He said, just check your credit. So to be fair, he said, thank God I tipped him off because when he did go into the phone, he screenshot at the time and date of the 999 call. So yeah. at least we had that to work off. Yeah, you know? and that becomes important to the story yeah. in a moment. Yeah. So over that Still, month then, yeah. you yeah. you started hearing or seeing your mum's health deteriorating. Yeah, I kind of he- heard it really, you know what I mean? Like um, on one occasion I was told she was coming home, so we were preparing to take her home. Um, but then in the next breath, like they'd say um, she deteriorated and she was being sent home again. I'm like... Is she coming home or isn't she? You know what I mean? Because we had to get stuff in place. Um, but I, 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 I don't know because, like, my mother was called a wrong name on more than two occasions. When I'd ring, I'd ring looking for my mum, Alice Donovan. No, I'm not going to say the other lady's name because it doesn't sound like my mum's and it wouldn't be fair because that lady passed away at the same time as my mum. Um. And I'd have to correct them. I'd say, that's not my mum. My mum is called Alice Donovan. Oh, my God. So, so you were getting information or, about another yeah. woman. Oh. Yeah. So after two or three occasions of being called the same person, in the end, I said, look, this is how we're going to go. I actually know my mum's NPRN number off my heart. I said, this is my mum. I gave the number. And they're like, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, just make sure you're checking the right person. So they probably, they, they did, I suppose. Um, but... After the 999 call, I did ring the guards when I, like, just shortly after the following day, maybe, and just explained my mom is a patient and she rang from her mobile, but they couldn't disclose any information under data protection. So I kind of followed up on that then after she died. So that's and why your, your I la- so much. And your last time to see your mother alive, tell that story how you brought in that photograph of, 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 so, of your mom. Yeah. So she left me on the 27th of December 20. And I tried every 
angle to get in every award head every consultant i rang every consultant that rang me um i kind of kept saying look i know somebody that's father is sick in there and they're getting in why can't why can't i get in so on the 28th of december i just kind of said i had enough so i rang one morning and i spoke to the ward head and i said look i need to get in i said she's never away from us i'm just afraid of the condition she's in um, and the nurse said, I said, look, I had COVID. I just happened to say I had COVID myself and I'll take a chance. Now, I have underlying health conditions myself, but I have given my right arm. So she said, look, leave it with me. She took my PPS number and my name and address and checked me out, I suppose. And three hours later, I kept ringing and she came on and she said, yeah, you I think it's time. They were the only words. So I'm like, is it time that she's dying or is it time to come over? So my husband dropped me over and I grabbed a picture that my daughters had, a picture of my three daughters, Katie, Ali and Sophie, that was taken outside my mom's house with the hanging baskets. And the kids wrote on it, um, love you lots, like jelly tots. That was my mom saying that she wrote on a card. So I got in and I gowned up. Um, the warhead was lovely. She escorted me up and brought me into the room first and just said, look, this is what we're talking about. We're going to start you on a morphine pump. Um, I think palliative care would be the way to go and I was like oh my god so I had the picture in my hand and she said and who's that in the picture and I said that's my mum and she was like oh so I was like gasp for breath here now because she's going to open the door and I don't want to leave my mum see me get a shock so I went in and I had to turn around I was like oh my god because she was on the stuff was beeping and she was on a CPAP machine um, but like the, the eyes were just like the frightened look in her eye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I will never forget it. Like, all I wanted to do was take her home and I couldn't, you know. Oh, goodness. But, um, yeah, that was on the 28th and I stayed a full hour. I overstayed my welcome, I suppose. It's awful to say that, but I never left her hand go. I had her hand caught and rubbed her hand and looked into her eyes for the full hour. Um, I just kept telling her she was a trooper and how brave I was. Um, she was clean. That's the only thing she was clean, you know. She was full of her appearance was everything, but she had a hospital gown on her. And I was like, where's all her pyjamas? You know, where there was nothing in the ward. Um, and did she know you so, were there? Oh, she did. Yeah. She did. Because I gave her the picture and I actually took a few pictures, you know. I put my hands on hers and I took a few pictures. But the pictures are live, you know, when you go back into them, you can yeah. hear her kind of talking. She would say my name and stuff, Alison, oh, Alison and the kids. And so um, the nurse came in and said, look, you'll have to go. You can overstage, you know, really. And I'm like, OK, so I left her hand go and I went to the door and I said, I can't do this. So I went back again. And three times I did that. And she was like, don't go. And I said, mum, look, I'll come back later. I'll just go and get the kids their dinner. And the nurse said, look, please don't tell her that because she's going to get really agitated and she's going to be looking for you. So I left and that was it. Um, I said to the nurse, I think my brothers are below trying to get in. You'll have to come down and, you know, I don't want to be the one to only get in. So she came down looking for them, but they were gone from the door because they were refused entry. Um, 
So I never got a phone call from them any time that day or night. But I rang at two and three in the morning. And I'd say the nurses knew me by, by name at this stage. And, and I knew them by name. And they said, Alison, she's fine. Any deterioration, we'll call you, go to sleep. And I'm like, but I can't sleep. So on the Friday morning, I rang again. And I spoke to a lovely nurse again. And I have her name, but I'm not going to disclose any names. And she said, you can come over again. And I'm like, what? I put, I put down a night during the night thinking I'd never get in again. So I said to my husband, will I run now or will I wait an hour or two? He said, look, go with your instinct. So a little, I, he, he dropped me to the door and I actually ran from the car. I sprinted, I mean, hands and legs into the mercy. I was brought back into the ward and I sat with her. I painted her nails. I fixed her hair. Um, I just told her like how brave she was and how strong she was, you know. That was your last. I never, like we told, we tell each other daily that we loved, we loved each other on numerous occasions. Every phone call, love you, love you too. Um, so she knew that, you know what I mean. But she knew after my presence there that she was, she knew she was idolised, and yeah. she knew I adored her, you know. But her uh, nails, I painted her nails. She was meticulous with her nails and stuff and her hair. Um, but a nurse came in to the. Oh, she was actually feeling a bit cold. My mom, she was on morphine. And I said, Mommy, you're cold. And she kept saying, no, no. And I said, Mommy, you're cold. I kept saying it because she was cold. So I rang the bell. And after about 20 minutes, the nurse came in and out loud said, you have to go. You overstayed your 15 minutes. So like my mom's eyes then just looked at me as if to say, like, what is she saying there? You know, so I, I just kind of said, OK, I'll go two minutes, two minutes. So in the meantime, I FaceTimed my brothers. We had a family group set up, so something told me just to FaceTime everybody. So I, I kind of turned the phone to my mom, and I had a brother in America, Michael Paul, that couldn't come home for, from restriction. So I gave him his time. I gave everyone their time out of my time, you know. The little time I had, I gave up to share with everybody else. Um, so I left that day again, and they said they'd give me a buzz if she deteriorated. But again, I got no call. Um, I rang on numerous occasions. My family were fighting to get in. We were fighting amongst each other. No, we, I have to get in. I have to get in. But they would leave nobody in, only me, because I was in already. But I took a step back later that evening. And I said to my sister, look, just go, you. I'll, I'll step back. I'll give up my time. Because I kind of said my piece, you know. So she got in. And she played all her funny and old songs on Elaine Page. And... Yeah. She started reminiscing about long ago, so like she had a different, we were different, you know what I mean? So she had a different talk with her and she laughed and she smiled and my sister left and was, my sister called the nurse and she said, what are we talking? And she said, she's going nowhere tonight, she's too strong. So she rang me when she came out, so about 12 o'clock I rang again, no answer. One o'clock I rang, no answer. So it was 2.13. We were all sitting at the bed, myself, my husband and my three kids. And I said, I'm going to ring again. So I rang and I spoke to the nurse. I have her name and all. And I said, look, I'm just ringing about my mum. I knew something was, wasn't was right. She said, the nurse that's dealing with your mum at the moment is on her break. So she said, if you want to call back in about a half an hour. So we were sitting in the bed and I said, I'll call. And I said, you know what? No, I'll give her the nurse another few minutes to come up from her break, to go up and put on the PPE gear. And my phone rang at two minutes past three. Sorry, no. Within the same nurse that took the first call and said, your mother passed so peaceful. Um, 
and I just they just I just hung up the phone and, and rang my family and I just said, you know, mom is gone. So the phone rang again, it was the mercy again, and they said, Can you bring over some clothes? Because if you don't, she be laid out and what she is on her. And you can all come over. And I'm like, oh my God, like we fought for four and a half weeks. Every avenue, I tried everything, but we couldn't get in. But then when she passed, we can all go over. The amount of families that have, have said that uh, you wanted to be there when she was alive. Yeah. Not, it's, yeah. it's just, but uh, Alison, you then uh, had to go to the Ombudsman to find out. And that's why we're talking yeah. this week, uh, two years on, yeah. because the report came out on Monday. Firstly, yeah. you discovered you were led to believe that your mother had there was somebody with your mother when she died. And that yeah, turned out well, not to be see, true. No. Well, I only you see, I led when when they did. And going back to the 999 call, I spent two years on my own emailing back and forth to the mercy, which communication was horrific. It was bad when my mom was in. And I actually generally thought because it was so bad when my mom was in, they'd actually give me the time and investigate me properly. But they didn't. So... I was in bed one night and I said, I woke up during the night because I wasn't sleeping and I came downstairs and went through the files again and I said to my husband, they're checking the wrong ward. Because I asked them what ward was my mum in when she made the 999 call and they came back and told me a ward which she wasn't in it. So all their investigation to my mum that was in the ward for the 999 call, they were checking the wrong ward for a year and a half. You and your sister actually got to hear... Yeah, that I call. had to go down a long route um, with an inspector in, in the guard station in, in Anglesey Street, who was fantastic. I can't praise the guards enough. She followed up on it and she got me the call and she gave me the opportunity if I wanted to listen to it. And I said no at the start. But I suppose after the weekend, I kind of said I had to know what happened to her. So I brought my sister with me and that call will haunt me till I die. Um. My mum, the guard, and I want to praise that guard. I don't know his name. I went to thank him personally. I brought down chocolates and flowers and they couldn't take them. They were fantastic, the guards and the inspector. But she said her name and her address, where she lived, where she was, who she wanted them to contact, her age. Um, he actually asked her, did she want um, naval rescue, ambulance or fire brigade? And she said, the ambulance, the guards. She said, the guards, because he asked her, and he asked her, was she okay? She said, okay at the start, but she was able to tell him what tablets she was put on, what tablets she was taken off. She was moved in the middle of the night. Um, she wasn't in the ward she was previous, and she was alone, and her kids didn't know where she was. Please contact her family. Yeah, and that's... And her that, last words. Yeah, that, that's... The, her, she rang because she was afraid that none of you knew where she was where she was yeah. God help her and, and no, there her was last... other stuff there was yeah. another one or two things as well but I'm I'm, I'm personally myself I'm not finished with the 999 call because there's another route I can go down and her last um, words to that young guard who took that call she said yeah I'm 78 years of age boy please don't forget about me and he didn't I have a guard evidence on a guard of paper that's signed by the inspector in Anglesey Street Guard Station in Gork stating that the guard in question made contact with the Mercy Hospital on the morning after the time that my mum rang and inquired about her welfare and checked up on her. But they don't have any, they don't doubt the call happened, but they have no record of it in either medical or non-medical. And I sat here a while ago and I said, granted, the nurses were busy, they might have made a mistake. But if a call is rang, if a guard rings the hospital, he gets two to the reception first. So it bypassed two people. 
it bypassed the person that took the call in reception, if they did. And it bypassed, well, it didn't bypass the nurse because the nurse told me it happened. Yeah, that's so how, that, that yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. how you found out. Um, Alison, yeah. I'm, you're just, you're so brave and I can see so many people are saying what a heartbreaking story uh, to mm-hmm. listen, mm-hmm. listen to and people saying went through something similar. Somebody saying went through, uh, we were able to get in to see my uh, mother when she was dying in a nursing home. Yet I heard of two other families who were able to see their dying parent in CUH. Mm-hmm. It seemed to vary from more towards hospital it to does. hospital. Yeah. But what yeah. are you hoping, Alison, that by going public, in some way, um, that this will never happen yeah. to any other family. It cannot. It yeah. cannot. Like, at this stage now, we need a safeguarding bill to be put in place. Like, it's disgraceful at the moment it's not, it's not being processed. Like, we know our parents, we know our family members. So if anything happened, you would know by them. You know what I mean? I mean, care parting needs to be put in place. This is something that if this happens again, which a pandemic will happen again, and something serious will happen again, that if, if my mother was alive, I'd be left stay with my mother. Yeah. You know? You've uh, left to see her. You know the ter- deterioration. You know your parents. You know your your loved one. I've spoken with Mige- right. Magella Beatty from Care Champions. She is amazing. She's I incredible. Only the Care Champions. Ah, uh, yeah, they're they're brilliant. Yeah. But she's been shouting that from uh, the oh rooftops. Oh my god, from the rooftops. Listen, yeah. I've got to leave it there, um, Alison. Uh, thank you once again. Thank and you. Can I, Patricia? My mum loved listening to you as well. Uh, like every now and then, she she'd say she always tells the truth, um, which you do, you know, she'd put uh, you on there at night time and if she thought for one moment that I'd be on the radio mentioning her. Bless her heart. Know. Well, well, listen, she, you, and she's, she'll you, be very proud of you. Can I just say one more thing? Yeah. There's actually two whistleblowers that came forward there. I think it's Margot Hannon and um, Sadie from Ballyano. Like, I know now it might seem like I'm coming across that I'm I'm not running down any healthcare professional. I'm not running down the nurses. I can tell you nurses that are the mercy that were fantastic with my mum. But the bad things that happened are outweighing the good, you know? Yeah. We'll keep so in I contact. don't want to come across I know. that I'm no, just no. kind of a pro- you're yeah. not. No, you're, you're, you've, you've told your story and you've told it so uh, well. Listen, your beautiful mother, uh, Alice, may thank she rest so in much. peace. Look after yourself, um, Alison, and thank you for taking time to share the story with us. Thank you. Thank God you, bless. Patricia. Bye bye. Bye bye. Oh, wouldn't that break your heart? That is Alison McCarthy speaking about her gorgeous mother, the late Alice uh, Donovan. Alice. Uh, rest in peace. OK, I've got to go. I'm backed up on ad breaks. I can see a lot of outpouring of uh, love for Alison and people saying well done to her for uh, sharing her story. That's where I leave you for today. Thanks to John Paul McNamara who produced. Nick with you for the afternoon. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Court today on C103. With Corrigan Insurance's McCroom, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie.